Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. This is Sora Maney. I'm sorry for the delay. It's all right. Um, Sora Roberts on the call? Yes, she is. Okay. Um, I'll give a few more minutes for a couple of people to join. Then we will start off with, with prayer, and then I will turn it over to you, ma'am. All right. Sounds great. All right, so good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining um, Delta Psi Epsilon Christian Sorority Incorporated in our national Bible study. We are about to open the floor up for prayer. Are there any outstanding prayer requests at this time? All right, well, this is... um, uh, I'm just asking that you continue to um, pray and uplift the Chicago public school teachers as we um, continue in our fight for fair funding and education for our students and fair pay and our pension in regards to the teachers. I ask a special prayer for the Smith family. Uh, My cousin, he's 40 two years old and he was rushed he was rushed to the hospital on Tuesday and they found out that he had a mild heart attack. Wow. And blockage in his heart. So he underwent surgery yesterday for them to put a stent in, but we have a good prognosis. But just please keep the Smith family up in prayer. All right, were there any more outspoken prayer requests? Okay, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all of the things that you have done, both seen and unseen. We thank you for your hand of protection about us through this day. I ask that as we go forth in this Bible study that you touch the woman of God as she brings forth the message that you have given to her for us today, that it touches someone's heart, God, that you use her to be a light for those that are lost in this world, that you give her words of encouragement to uplift those that need to be uplifted. And the prayer requests, both spoken and unspoken, God, you know what they are, and I ask that you grant them all according to your will. These things I pray in your most precious and holy name. 
All right, so I would like to introduce our speaker for today. And so we have Minister LaShonda, LaShonda Roberts, who will be our speaker for today. Um, hold on one second, I'm sorry. All right, so she graduated from the University of um, Indiana University of Pennsylvania in 2002. She completed her bachelor's degree of arts in psychology with a minor in Spanish. It was during this time of study that she heard the call of the Lord to the ministry and evangelistic thrust. After returning to Philadelphia and in continuing pursuit of God's will for her life, Minister Robert prayerfully considered the next direction she would take and applied to seminary. In the fall of 2004, she enrolled in Palmer Theological Seminary, then Eastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And in May of 2010, Minister Robert graduated with her Master of Divinity degree. In October of 2011, she received her ministry license under the tutelage of Bishop Dion Kobe Buff of New Beginnings Evangelistic Outreach Ministry, a church without walls, and Greater Restoration Worship Cathedral. Minister Roberts continued on in her service to the Lord under Bishop Cosby Bluff, leadership serving as youth minister, praise and worship leader, Bible study Sunday school teacher, amongst other assignments given. Minister Robert went on to work as a hospice chaplain for just over five years, where she shared the love of God in a variety of ways with people of all races, ages, and religious affiliations. Currently, currently, I'm sorry, she works as a lead teacher for preschool. Minister Roberts is a proud member of Delta Psi Epsilon Christian Sorority Incorporated and serves as the president and chaplain for the local Delta Omega graduate chapter in Philadelphia. Minister Roberts currently serves in ministry at the Philadelphia Prayer Clinic Church under the leadership of Pastor Desmond Berg, where she provides leadership to the Wednesday Outreach Ministry to the hungry and those in need and performs other duties as a sign. Amongst all of her greatest accomplishments, she is careful to remember the life-changing moment of giving birth to her son, Frederick Miles, on November 2, 2007. Her desire is to be the living legacy of Christ, modeling him in all she thinks and says and does. Minister LaShonda draws strength, wisdom, and courage from two of her favorite passages of Scripture, found in Philippians 4, 12, and 13. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. I now turn it over to um, Thoreau Roberts. Thank you so much, Soramini. This is Laura Roberts. Um, let's get right into it. Um, so we have the title, The Gift of Life. 
Um, John three sixteen. We can all we've all recited it. Um, well, some of us have growing up. Uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Um, in the message, it says, "This is how much God loved the world. He gave His Son, His one and only Son, and this is why, so that no one need to be destroyed." By believing in him, anyone could have a whole and lasting life. So um, a little background about this particular passage of Scripture. Um, and if you're anybody, if you're anything like me, you grew up in church um, and you've heard the Scripture sang and spoken and, um, you know, as a child, is one of the, the first Scriptures you're taught to, to memorize. And you not don't necessarily discuss where it comes from. So here's just a little minor, a little bit of the background from for the scripture. So um, in this particular scripture, Jesus is speaking to uh, Nicodemus. He is one of the respected leaders in the Jewish community. He's a Pharisee. Um, he is a noted teacher. He is um, his name is known in the Jewish community as someone who has learned in the scriptures and, and um, the Torah, I'll say that. So um, that is important because he's asking Jesus a series of questions that um, Jesus quickly says to him, well, you know, you're a teacher. You should know these things. And so this particular scripture is part of his explanation um, to answer his questions. Um, this is the 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 explanation that comes along with the, you know, with the question, you know, how can one be born again? And, um, you know, how does these things happen? And so this is part of the explanation. What's interesting to me is that with all the knowledge Nicodemus had, he still did not know he was speaking to the Messiah. He knew of a Messiah that would come. He knew, and he knew that Jesus was of God, and he said that in the beginning of the chapter because of the signs and wonders that followed Christ, because of the miracles that Christ performed. Um, but he did not know he was the answer. And um, and so, and Jesus kind of puts that to him, like, how could you be this respected ruler and not know what I'm saying to you? And so even in the explanation that Jesus gives him, um, he still does not fully reveal who he is. So I thought that was a little inter um, interesting uh, thing to state as we um, get ready to look at this scripture. The first thing that kind of um, came out to me is, is, you know, the first uh, thought was it's a story of love. But my second thought is it seemed kind of formulaic, um, like there was a formula to it. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So I saw these three words um, that equal life. Love plus sacrifice plus belief equals life. The love being the motivation for the act. The sacrifice being the gift. and the belief being the requirement in order to receive the gift, which was life. So God loved us. 
so much. Uh, with the everlasting love, uh, one translation, this is how much God loved us. So we are to believe that this love, this unconditional love, this um, deep felt love extended beyond anything that we probably could even imagine because I do have a son, you know, um, my soror, uh, Terry Maney, she uh, very wonderfully read about the moment. I felt like that was a life-changing moment for me to have my son. And I don't know um, that I could give him up. I don't know that I could see him suffer on this earth and die the humiliating death of the cross um, to save someone else. So there there was a deep love, a deep compassion, a deep caring um, that motivated God's action to go ahead and send, to sacrifice his son. It's a sacrifice. Um, this, was, this is God's son. Jesus is God's son. And so, but, but he becomes our gift. Um, how many times have we sacrificed something that turned out to be someone else's gift? Um, and the belief, now, out of all of these things, all, all you know, to love someone that in that manner is extremely hard. To give up something so precious is extremely hard. And the only requirement to receive the gift was to believe, to believe in the, the love of God, the motivation, um, to believe that God's motive was that he loved us so much um, so that we could receive the gift, to believe that the gift that God has given us was given to us out of love. And if we can believe that, then we can receive that its intended purpose was for us to have life. So any anybody have anything you want to say to that at, that, at this point? Okay. All right. So now we are at, and and you still, you you all are still hearing me clearly. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I have it on speaker. Um. So now let's move on to life. So here's we now we know that we have this gift of life because of God's love and the sacrifice of Christ coming to earth. So let's talk about this gift of life. So I looked up the uh, definition for life, which is um, at its basic, the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter. And it includes the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. Life is everything that we do from the time, even as we sleep, to the time we go back to sleep. It is our capacity for growth, um, the, the ability to know that, okay, our hair is growing every day. You know, we have new skin cells, and that's when the old ones shed and new ones come in. Um, you know, our we watch our children grow. We watch ourselves grow. Um, to, to And we we have that capacity, which is why we have life. We're not an inanimate object like a dresser who, once it's created, that's all it's created for. That's what it's going to be. What we see is what we get. Um, but for our, for us, 
we are able to move past what you see is what you get. We are able to become more, um, more than where we are. And that capacity for growth is what gives us um, the distinguishment of life. We are able to reproduce. We are able to make other humans. We are able to procreate. We are able to um, to do more and produce more, pr- produce more of who we are and ourselves. Um, functional activity. Um, we're able to function. We're able to move. We can lift our arms up. We can lift our legs up. We can breathe. We can um, get in a car and we can drive. Um, we can walk down the street. We can run down the street. Um, we can participate in sports. We can go to the gym. We can sit on the TV and flip the remote control. Um, we have the able the ability to function. Our brain helps us to move our body to function, and that is how we are producing life. Continual change. Um, continual change. There's nothing about us stays the same. You know, those of us that go and get our nails done, you know, we know that we need to go back to the nail salon at a certain time um, or redo our nails after a certain time because uh, the paint is not going to stay picture perfect as day one. Um, Those of us that go to the gym, if we stop going to the gym, we'll notice the changes. If we keep going to the gym, we'll notice the changes. Um, As we get older, our bodies begin to tell us, hey, you're getting older. It might be some noises, some cricks, some cracks, some creaks, um, you know, some pain, some aches. But there's always change going on around us. Anything that's living is changing. And if it doesn't change, it's dead. There's no more life in it. Looking at our lives spiritually, why why did Christ come? Why was the gift of um, Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross, important for us to have life. Because not only physically are we living, but we, we, should, we need to live spiritually. Having the capacity for growth. As a spiritual being, we are not to stay stagnant in um, baby, in our baby ways. Um, when we first came to know about Christ, you know, maybe – some of us were cursing, maybe some of us were drinking, maybe some of us didn't do all of that, but just did not have a full understanding of who Christ is, like Nicodemus. Um, you know, here he is, this leader and this teacher, but still didn't understand what all the miracles that Christ was doing, what all the teaching that Christ was doing, what the purpose of that was. It wasn't just for a spectator to look at and say, okay, that man is great and he's cool and he's good, but there was a purpose behind what Christ was doing. Just like there should be a purpose behind what we do when we do especially when we do things for God, especially when we teach and when we preach and when we sing and when we go to church and when we talk to our family members about the goodness of God, we should there should be a purpose behind it, not so that we can brag, not so that they can look at us and say that we're this great, great people, but there should be a purpose of, okay, but even though you think I'm great, you can be great too. The things that God did for me, he can do for you. And so, you know, the growth should come in your mind and in your heart. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not being stuck in a place of, I want, 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 but God, how can I give to you and your people? How can I enhance the kingdom of God? Reproduction. Reproduction, um, 
physically, some some folks are able to reproduce, some are not. Spiritually, we have the opportunity to be able to reproduce. Um, and 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 Christ gives us the go ahead in Matthew twenty eight, go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel of Christ. Why? So that we can make disciples of all nations. So that is one way we reproduce. Um, the God in us by helping someone else pull out the God in them, um, being able to show them, listen, um, you know, you have good news. So here's the good news that I got. Let me help you see the good news that you have and so that you can go to someone else and help them see it. So reproducing that. Um, also within ourselves, we have um, – some talents and gifts, and those things took a while to develop because we had to discover what they were and allow God's Holy Holy Spirit to anoint and, and to saturate them so that when we do go out and present them, that someone's life is touched. Well, there are people around us who also need that. There are people around us who are still waiting to discover the gifts and the talents and the treasures that God has given them. And our job, uh, those of us who have, who are beginning to mature, I mean, because there's still always work to do. And so those of us who have gotten to a certain point, there's still more points to go to. And someone has, just like someone has poured into our lives, we pour into others. And it's a continual process. And so it's reproduction all around. God is the giver of life. And reproduction is a sure sign of life. Um, so there's that. and. Functional activity, being able to function um, spiritually, we know that we are a part of the body of Christ. So we have the head, you have the tail, you have, you have the arms, you have the legs, you have the feet. Um, we have the fivefold ministry uh, with the apostles and the prophets and the teachers and evangelists um, and the pastors. And so everyone has their function within the body of Christ. And so we have the ability to be active in that function. Um, and, and having a healthy life means you're active in the function that was meant for you. You are in your lane. You are doing exactly what you need to do. You're learning about that role, and you're working that role. And when we are healthy and, and ha- leading healthy lives full of life, and we're active in our functions within the body of Christ, then the body of Christ can move on, pull more people into this everlasting and joyful life, and can help others around us to understand and know the joy of being connected to Christ and having a relationship with God. Continual change, just like I was saying, uh, we, we are not, once we arrive, that's it. It's time for us to go to heaven and hang out with our father. But we, while we're here on this earth, there's always room for change. Just like physically we're always changing, spiritually we're changing. Um, and that encompasses everything about us. Our mind, body, soul, and spirit should all be, coming, be getting aligned and moving from level to level, dimension to dimension, um, from one place to another because, there's always something more. And that is what intrigues me about this walk because there's always something more. Um, I'm one, I can't sit still. Um, I tried it, and that's just not my makeup. Um, 
I, you know, sometimes I have to force myself to sit, and sometimes God has to force me to sit. Um, but I, I, I don't like boredom. I don't like everything being the same way all the time. And so being in this walk has really challenged me to continue to to grow, to continue to um, change. Um, there's some stuff about me that I needed to check in with God about. You know, God had to hold up the mirror. I, I like that um, the analogy of an imagery of holding up a mirror and looking in the mirror because as a woman, I look in the mirror every day, and I'm sure men do as well. They look for maybe different things than I would, but for me, I'm making sure my hair is okay and everything else. My my outfit fits correctly and everything. If there's a wrinkle, I need to make sure that's pressed. If um if my clothing is lopsided, I need to make sure that's okay and straightened and together. If I have a piece of hair flying out of my bun or my ponytail, or if I have my hair wrapped and there's a piece that's just kind of weird looking, I need to figure out what I need to do to make sure it looks, it has the picture of what I see in my mind. And so if our minds are going to align with what God sees, if we're going to see ourselves as God sees us, then we need to hold up that spiritual mirror that God gives us, which a lot, which is through the word of God and his Holy Spirit, the discernment that God gives us and how he reveals his word to us as we read it and study it and internalize it. When we hold that mirror up, we begin to see those stray hairs. We begin to see the, uh, the, strings on our shirts that need to be cut off and <laughs> cutting strings. Yes. The attachments, the, the things that are on us that are causing our, our physical appearance, our spiritual appearance, causing our appearance to look distorted. So we, we need to look in that mirror daily. Um, sometimes for me, if I'm going through something, I have to look at it um, moment by moment or um, every Every couple of hours, I don't know, but I just need to look at myself and make sure that what I'm presenting is the life, the mind, the direction um, that Christ has in my that God has for me in my life, His will, His way, um, and so um, making sure that I am in a state of allowing this continual change and flow to, to, to move through my body, heart, mind, body, and soul, a holistic thing, um, not just having one piece of me in and the rest out, but being completely in, in together um, and sold out for God. It's a continual process. It's a continual change, and but it's doable as long as we allow ourselves to let go of the control that we believe we have on our lives. Um, that's one big thing for me is the control piece because um, for so long things had been out of control in my life, and I learned, I thought I learned to control some things, and to, <laughs> excuse me. And so God began to show me um, that the control that I thought I had was really kind of jacking me up some, you know. Um, it, it shut me down emotionally to some things. And some of the things of my past I held on to. Um, and I tucked it away in this compartment that every now and then would open up and a little stuff would seep out. And so I had to go back and begin to dig out those things and deal with them because that can cause death. When you hold on to dead matters, things that, that died a long time ago, 
you hold on to that, that's decay. And if you, you know, you have the whole, um, the whole saying, one bad apple spoils the bunch. Well, if you put a rotten apple in a bin of apples, yes, they're going to begin to spoil all the other apples. So what you don't want is things from your past to begin to destroy what your future is holding and what your, your present currently has. So digging up all of that so that you can have good life. Um, is a part of that. And that's all a part of change, being able to look at that past and say, hey, I know you're there. I'm glad I learned from you, but I cannot carry you with me. Um, and it's and, and, and our word says everlasting life, everlasting meaning to last forever or for a very long time. We have life here on this earth, and we're expecting life beyond this. So just by believing in that God loved us so much that he would send his son to this earth to die for us such a humiliating death so that we could have life is guarantees us this life for a very, very, very long time. And so um, why, why, I'm sorry, someone saying something? Okay. So, why do we need this gift of life so we don't perish? Um, it, it says, excuse me, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal or everlasting life. So we, we, God doesn't want us to perish. And so looking that up, you know, um, suffer death, typically in a violent, suddenly or sudden or untimely way. Me? Suffer okay, complete Just go ahead and go Hello? Ahead. Oh, um, suffer complete ruin or destruction, lose its normal qualities, rot or decay. So perish, you know, we know that we have eternal life in God um, once we accept Christ. Um, but also here on this earth, so that we don't have spiritual death, so that we don't suffer complete ruin. I thought that was interesting, um, to complete ruin, destruction, or to lose our normal qualities. See, God has, when God created us, he created us in specific ways, with specific gifts, with specific talents, um, things that, uh, with a specific goal, um, plan, purpose, um, assignment that only we can fulfill. And when we allow decay, when we, when we don't accept the sacrifice of Christ, when we don't believe in this love that God has, when we don't believe that um, in, in all of this, we find ourselves in a point, at a point where we begin to lose our joy, um, which is a quality that God gives us as his children. Um, we begin to lose our peace, our peace of mind, our peace around us. Um, we begin to allow our situations and circumstances to pull us into a place that is painful and depressing um, when you don't accept the gift of life. Okay. Um, Hello? Okay. Um, we we began to, to find ourselves um, 
Losing the passion, the passion to do exactly what we know we're called to do. Hey, if you like to teach, teach. Um, you know, find ways to teach. You are probably are already teaching right now to different ones around you. Um, but when we don't accept the life that God has given us, then we lose our passion to do those things. Because how can you really fully um, give of yourself when you don't even like yourself, when you don't even believe in what God has put in you. And so despite whatever is going on around you, um, uh, we have to find ourselves getting to the place where we still believe God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. So thank God for the gift of life. Thank God um, that he thought enough about us loved us enough to send his son to die for us as a as a redemptive offering as an offering as a an example of sacrifice of giving up something so dear so that someone else can and inherit something so precious as life um we thank god i thank god that he did that um i think i i i really believe that um, that is the greatest love story ever in the history of humanity, and um, that is that is what God ha- has revealed to me. Um, any any thoughts or questions? Well, I like to say um, thank you so much for that. It was um, beautiful. I liked what you um, said that how we. Um, have to look at that scripture and how um, God loved us enough to make that sacrifice in mm-hmm. order to um, give up his son so that he could come and um, die on the cross so that um, we could be saved and that how um, we have to use that the gift that we have in order to give life to the people that are um, in our lives, those that, that God brings us in contact to, that we are that life support Yes, that yes. they need in order to make that connection with um, Christ. So I really, really, truly enjoyed it. Is there anyone else, comments, questions that you may have? This is Founder Watson. I have one comment about um, thank you, Star Roberts. That was a wonderful study. It really, truly was. Mm-hmm. I have one comment about um, what you said about loving ourselves because God loved us. Yes. It, that is one of the most important things. It's so simple, and people will say, oh, I know that God loves me. You really have to receive that love and know that God loves you because if you don't know that, one of the things that you will do is try to seek validation and love in places that are outside of the will of God because you don't understand the love that he has for you. And so he's, he's given it freely, but it's our responsibility to accept and receive that he loves us. Yes. Amen, amen. Anyone else? Hi. Um, I just got on the call. I'm running a little behind time, but I did catch this 
a few a, a good bit, which was very good. Um, my name is Erica, and I just wanted to piggyback off of the previous person when she was talking about love and how it's important that we know that God not only loves us, but that we also love ourselves. A lot of times as Christians, we realize we think we love ourselves, but we don't really love <laughs> ourselves. And then you find out that um, we defile our bodies in so many different ways. That's not necessarily pleasing in God's sight, but at the same time, we are all so human beings. And he said that we are counter-minded, but he gives us the, the word to, to be more like him. So I guess I guess my comment and question is is that you know when we come up a, a, across people who say you know well I don't love myself or I do love myself well how the question is how are you loving yourself are you loving mm-hmm. yourself by you know some people say I love myself because I make sure that I wear the best clothes or I love mm-hmm. myself because I drive the best car and I make sure I stay in a well kept home and I use only Dove products. I don't use anything else, or you know, I use the high end products. Is that how we're really taking care of ourselves? Because yeah. you know, taking care of yourself can be mean spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and a lot of times, you know, as we as women, it's hard for us to balance that. Right. So, I guess right. my question is, how do we love ourselves as Christ loves us? Or do we, or do we even love ourselves as much as Christ loves ourselves? Because He loves us regardless of what we do, how we right. do it, or what we're doing. Even in our complete mess, He still loves us. Right. Sometimes we don't even love ourselves in the, in the mess. You know. So. Yes. And and the First uh, Corinthians thirteen scripture came to me as you were talking. Um, you know, we use that for everybody else. But, you know, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love does not boast. Do we do those adjectives? Are we like that with ourselves? Are we patient with ourselves? Are we kind to ourselves? Um, you know, like what are, you know, are we doing these things also within ourselves, you know? And so, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I think we can get a lot of pointers from the word of God, but we also can, can begin to, to love ourselves once we continue and and um get closer in our relationship with God because then God begins to show us how to love us because we begin we begin to see ourselves the way God sees us. And also this is Soros Bradley, um, with people loving themselves, loving them who God created them to be. A lot of times people have a problem trying to be something that God has not Oh boy. Them to be or a person that they're not supposed to be because they're looking outside at other people thinking, oh, this person has it all together. But when mm-hmm. women begin to receive, say, hey, this is who God created me to be, and start to accept that. And, of course, by staying in the Word and reading in the Word and staying in fellowship, they can grow and begin to learn, hey, I'm okay the way I am because God does not make mistakes, and this is who he created me to be. That's right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. Hi, Good evening. Um, this is my name is Dee, and um, from what I can, what I understand about love, that God is love. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes, God is love. So if we say that we love God and not love ourselves, then are we liars? My. That's a good 
that's my <laughs> point exactly, and that's what I brought that up because a lot of times we say, oh, we love God, you know, and we say we love other people, and then a lot of times we'll put ourselves, we'll put other people before ourselves, and just like she was just saying, a lot of times, you know, um, we try to do things to become people pleasers, and we find ourselves trying right. to please other people, but we're really not happy with ourselves. So mm-hmm. like you said, as we get a closer relationship with God, God teaches us how to just love ourselves regardless of what other people think, that he loves us just the way we are, and that yeah. no matter matter how we are, that he still loves us. And I think once we see that, then it just it brings out even more of a God-like type of living, you know, because I mm-hmm. know just from personally speaking, you know, a lot of times I have to, you know, as I'm getting older, I find myself examining myself. What, how do I feel about this? Not how my mom feel or my dad feel or my best friend or my husband or my cousin. How do I feel about this situation? And it's mm-hmm. just pleasing in God's sight. And it's just, you know, glorifying him, you know. So it's kind of like you ask, you're doing a self-examination and asking yourself those questions, you know. Am I patient with myself? Mm-hmm. Or did I just blow the horn with at somebody who was being patient and I wasn't? <laughs> so, it's hard. Yeah. It was driving out here is hard. So <laughs> Yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um any other questions or comments? If not, I would like to thank all of our guests that joined us today on our call, as well as um, our soulers. We were truly blessed by Sarah yeah, Roberts and the word that she amen. brought forth about the gift of life and the love that God has and the sacrifice that he has made for us. And I will ask that you join us next month on May the 13th as we go forth in our next Bible study. Until then, I pray that all have a blessed evening. God bless you. God bless, God bless you. you. Good night. All right. Thank you. Good night. Good night.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.